That's my son, Ade. He's three months old and playing with his dad. My partner and I decided to get pregnant in late fall 2020. Both of our birthdays are in October, and we wanted to time everything just right so that our baby will have an October birthday too. When we found out that I was pregnant, we were stoked. No October due date, but I was very happy. It meant a lot to me that I could choose my path as a parent, and it meant a lot to me to choose the right time for me. On September 1st, I had my son, Ade. I didn't know anything about pregnancy or parenting, but I was excited to learn. My name is Chanel, and this is Reproductive Justice League. I'm building a community, a league, of reproductive decision makers. On this multi-episode podcast, I highlight stories, ask questions, and share some facts. Just like both of my pregnancy outcomes, all of our stories are different. Yet, all of us find a home within the league because reproductive justice is everything. When I was 21, I was a senior in college. I had a job, but not much money. And I had a bike. I had a bus pass, no car yet. When I got pregnant, I was not excited. I was pretty scared. A million things raced through my mind. Things like, I know I can't strap a car seat to a bike. I did not feel ready to parent. I didn't have financial or emotional support. I was in an abusive relationship at the time. When I was 21, I had an abortion and that was the right decision for me. Here are the facts. An abortion is a medical procedure that ends a pregnancy so that it does not result in a live birth. There is the abortion pill and there are in-clinic abortions. Pregnant person can either, they can either go to a clinic to receive a pill to take at home. It's called misoprostol and like there are four pills. That's there, a massage therapist and trained pregnancy support person from Philly. Um, you take one in the clinic and then you get the rest and you take it at home, either orally or you insert it into your vagina. If it's after six weeks or nine weeks, you do like the vacuum procedure, which is when you go into a clinic, they give you some light pain killing drugs, not really that strong. And then they suck out the contents of the uterus using a vacuum. In some vacuum aspiration, dilation and curatage, and dilation and evacuation abortions happen in clinics. The abortion pill, also known as RU486, can be taken at home. And the vacuum, the suction from the vacuum kind of causes light cramps. The abortion pill at home causes very intense cramps and feels more like a miscarriage. My friend Michaela also had an abortion at home. She said her decision to have an abortion was right for her and getting to access one in her home was comforting. My second abortion, I was able to access pills and just do it at home myself because I felt like that's what I deserved was, you know, comfort and just being at my home um, and doing what I wanted because, you know, at the clinic, it's not like you can smoke weed or take 
painkillers. You have to go by their protocols because their protocols are so strict because the state of Texas is pretty strict. At the time of this recording, Texas had the strictest abortion bans in the United States. SB8, what it did was prevented people who were past six weeks of pregnancy from accessing an abortion and Anybody who helps them access an abortion in Texas can be sued. Michaela is the founder of Buckle Bunnies, an organization in San Antonio that helps people fund their abortions. We're a fund that helps people access abortion um, kind of however they see fit for themselves. Uh, my name is Michaela Montoya Frazier. My pronouns are she, her, Aya. I'm 22 years old and I'm the founder of Buckle Bunnies Fund Texas. Right now in Texas, obviously, it's pretty difficult to access an abortion. Um, there's loopholes that give people access and information to SMA, which is self-managed abortion. We make sure that people know that they have options. They don't always have to cross state lines and have a procedure at a fucking clinic that's like two states away. What happened in Texas highlighted other states' attempt to push back on Roe v. Wade, the 1973 case that affirmed a constitutional right to an abortion. I think a lot of people are obviously inspired to enact the same bills um, that Texas is doing. It's this is, this is what they've wanted to do for a really long time, and this is what a lot of states have tried to do before, but now they're seeing that there's ways they can do it successfully, and that makes them feel really empowered. There are 26 states that are certain or likely to ban abortion, according to the Guttmacher Institute. If Roe v. Wade were overturned, 21 states have laws in place where they would ban abortion as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, and so that obviously like got a lot of people scared. Nine states have abortion bans still on the books. Um, and not just people who work in abortion, people who want to access an abortion. 12 states have trigger bans. These are immediate abortion bans tied to Roe v. Wade being overturned. They think they are going to be criminalized. They think that they are going to go to jail. Five states have a near total abortion ban if Roe v. Wade is overturned. 11 states have a six week ban that are not in effect. You know, when that got passed, I had people texting me and asking me like, I think I'm pregnant. If I get an abortion, am I going to go to jail? One state has an eight-week ban not in effect, and four states have constitutions that specifically bar the right to an abortion. And that was a risk that people were still willing to take because obviously they still needed an abortion. Nothing about SB8 was going to help them parent a child. Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization is going before the Supreme Court. In this case... Mississippi calls for the overturn of Roe v. Wade. There are more barriers than just federal and state laws for abortion seekers. Bans on abortion widen the gap between those who can access this medical care and those who cannot. While some lawmakers are fighting for fetal rights, the emotion obvious. Even before Congresswoman Cori Bush spoke a single word. Other lawmakers are opening up about their own reproductive journey. Revealing publicly for the first time her own experience with abortion. Describing being raped on a church trip just after high school. I found out that I was nine weeks, nine weeks pregnant. And then there the panic set in. 
How could I make this pregnancy work? My abortion happened on a Saturday. I felt alone, but I also felt so resolved in my decision. Choosing to have an abortion was the hardest decision I had ever made. I, but at 18 years old, I knew it was the right decision for me. Abortion hides behind a wall of stigma. This wall is another barrier to the reproductive care that some people need. A lot of Michaela's work involves sharing the facts on reproductive care. Dare also mentions that a big chunk of reproductive justice work is combating misinformation. I quickly learned that like, I needed to learn the ins and outs of the medical system and the ins and outs of pregnancy and like possibilities because my job was to educate people and like clients and to kind of expand their options and expand on what doctors had told them, expand on what other people may have told them from experiences, just like giving all of the options available, laying everything out and really like talking through things with people um, as they were experiencing them or like planning to experience them. After I had an abortion, I felt shame. I felt guilt and sadness and some physical pain. After I had my abortion, I also graduated from my university as a double major. I got a job and a car and got out of an abusive situation. It took years for me to understand why I felt so crappy about something that afforded me more autonomy and more freedom in my life. Something that afforded me the opportunity to prepare for the arrival of my son, Ade. Like every couple of days, I just think about um, when I learned, when I first learned about the actual term reproductive justice and like the people who were teaching me about it were just like reproductive justice is literally everything. And like that has not left my brain. Abortion is one of several pregnancy outcomes. Pregnancy itself is complex and different for everyone. My own journey inspired me to have a larger conversation about the reproductive decisions people make. On the next episode, the Reproductive Justice League digs into birth control. Oh, everyone around me is on the pill. I want to say a big thank you to honorary Reproductive Justice League members, Michaela and Dare. I want to thank Mel for helping me be a better producer. And I want to thank my son for being the greatest decision yet. <laughs>